You're listening to the Personal Development Through Martial Arts podcast, the podcast where the world's highest personal development experts and martial arts masters come together to empower and inspire you to become your strongest self and live the life that you truly want. Join host Bogdan Rosho, author, public speaker, and the founder of the first personal development through martial arts school in the world in the podcast where you become the hero. Hey everyone, welcome to another live stream and another interview of the personal development through martial arts podcast. We're here live with uh, Jeremy Takoti and I'm super excited to sit down and talk to him uh, because he's ha- he has a huge uh, martial arts experience and Something that's super important to me personally is that he's very enthusiastic about this uh, idea of personal development through martial arts. Actually, he's been doing it for a long, long time. Now, I know that uh, everyone watching us uh, is mostly oriented towards Wing Chun because we're being live on the Wing Chun news page. And I encourage you to ask as many questions as possible. We'll do our best to answer them towards the end of uh, our interview. But... I feel that it's super important that as martial artists, we share more of what we know so that we all grow together. That being said, Jeremy, take it away and tell us a bit about yourself. How did you start with martial arts? What, a bit about your journey so far. Beautiful, Bogdan. Well, first of all, thank you for having me. Uh, it's a pleasure to be on this uh, discussion with you. Um, so for me personally, my martial arts journey my, my first memory, uh, I was four years of age and my parents took me to a, uh, a school fair uh, where they were doing fundraising for a school. Right. And this was in uh, Tasmania, which is an island state. Uh, no way. South of, uh, yeah, yeah so I, know, I know about Tasmania. I was watching the cartoons when I was a kid. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, and so there, there, there was a karate demonstration at this mm-hmm. school fair. I think it might have been a goju, uh, goju karate. I'm not sure. Okay. But mm-hmm. uh, I saw a demonstration where the sensei uh, broke through some bricks right. with his bare hands. And at four years of age, I was just like, that's impossible. Like, wow. <laughs> like, it was, I was really impressed. And my, my parents weren't very enthusiastic about me watching. They dragged me away. I kept coming back to look. And I think from that moment on, I sort of fell in love uh, with, with the martial arts. When I came home, I was trying to break things. My parents probably thought I was mental. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, so from, from some of my earliest memories, um, I still have uh, curiosity and uh, interest um, in the martial arts. I love that. Yes. And for everyone watching, guys, uh, let us know in the comments section what was like the first time you saw somebody breaking something with their bare hands and did you start doing it as well? Or let us know what was the first ever, your first contact with martial arts. Awesome. Awesome. So what followed after that? Yeah, so it was probably a little while after that that uh, I was... Uh, I think I was about eight years of age and uh, I grew up with a religious background and my my parents used to take me to Sunday school and my Sunday school teacher uh, turned out to be a black belt in karate and he also had 
uh, some extensive experience with uh, Shaolin temple boxing mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. or five five animal style. Okay. And um, and so instead of doing the Sunday school, we would not all the time, but often we would train or we would uh, we discuss different ideas. And and more than anything, he gave me several books um, mm. that were were on uh, one was on uh, karate by a guy called Bruce Tenga. I've still got the books, like you know, thirty five years later or whatever it is, I've still got them. And another one um, on Shaolin Temple Boxing, mm. and they they had a profound influence uh, on me. And I probably don't or didn't uh, appreciate it how much at the time. Um, but I guess one of the things working with him, the, one of the first things I asked him um, was, how do you break a brick? As soon as I, like, <laughs> I found out that, you know, he was a karate black belt and he'd studied, you know, kung fu or different, different martial arts, uh, I was like, how do you do it? Because to me it was impossible. Yeah. And, and so his answer to me back then, and again, I was a young child, I guess, pretty impressionable. He said, look, first of all, you need the knowledge, like how to set the brick up, where to strike it, how to, you know, mm-hmm. position your hand. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't set it up correctly and if you don't hit it in the right way, you're going to hurt yourself. Right. And so secondly, you actually have to prepare yourself. So you need to know how to do it and then you need to prepare yourself physically to be able to do it. But most importantly, you need to be able to break the brick in your mind before it's possible and uh and and that really stuck with me mm-hmm. like this idea of okay if i if i can visualize it yes. it becomes possible um yeah so at the time he tied it back into some other quite common spiritual teachings to do with faith and this idea of when you look for something the answer will come to you, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm, not, mm-hmm. Not, not always directly. Um, sometimes it will be somebody else by chance will come to you. Uh, sometimes like you'll get an idea or a little whisper in your head that will have the answer. Um, and sometimes the answer will come to you in a form that you don't expect. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But, it, but he's like, if you put your mind to something and you're very clear with the intent or the question. The answer will come. The answer will come. Yes, I feel that and so way. I was, yeah, so I was eight years of age when we had that discussion. And, you know, again, like years and years later, I'm, I'm more and more appreciating the power of that message and how much it affected my life. Um, just that ability to think, if I focus on this thing, this problem, this thing that i want an answer around mm-hmm. um, that somehow uh, through in- all of these different methods that I will find a way or a way will find me. Um, and I think the synergy between those two as a foundation for me and my martial arts journey, again, many, many years later, I'm, I'm appreciating how, like how much of an influence um, that's had on me. Um, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, that sounds like a very powerful personal development concept as well. You know, um, it comes with asking the right questions and then waiting for the answers to come. Hundred mm-hmm. percent. You know, like the and this is where a great mentor or 
coach in your life will often speed up the process of yeah. personal development yeah. where yeah. they will ask you really good questions, not necessarily even giving you the answer. I'm sure they even know the answer. But a really great coach will encourage inquiry or further development through really, really good questions. Um, and so, yeah, absolutely. If you can start from a framework of great questions, it opens up possibility. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, whereas very often we, we end up looking at the world really just through what we know. Yes. And that, that limits our development because we're not actually open uh, to, to, to learning. And so questions are great because that, that opens so how did you how did you end up teaching uh, kickboxing, Muay Thai, and uh, mixed martial arts like um, Shaolin? Okay, that's, so, that's quite a leap. Yes. Yeah, so, well, so from from uh, doing that little bit of uh, an intro with uh, Morris Goulet, shout out to Morris Goulet. He's on Facebook. I should tag him in this. Yeah. Um, he was my Sunday school teacher. Uh, from there, uh, I found a local karate school. Uh, I think it was Tsuyoi Karate at a police at the local police youth club. Um, and from there, uh, I was training there for a little while. And for there, um, I had an opportunity to train with a, a few different people. Some of my friends were training martial arts, um, mm -hmm. and I, I guess I got to explore a few different styles. Um, then I got introduced to a guy called Paul Kelsey, who was a student of uh, a grandmaster, Chong Chul Ri, who was a Taekwondo uh, grandmaster, one of the first masters to come out from Korea mm -hmm. to Australia. So I started uh, with that and got my black belt um, in that. Um, and uh, oh, before then, I'd had a chance to train with a, a, a friend of mine, had made friends with a Thai chef. Okay. Um, and he, yeah, he was, um, yeah, cooking at a local Thai restaurant and he used to come over to uh, where, where uh, my friend had a, a business and we used to train out the back of that business. Not for very long, but for en enough to sort of be exposed to uh, Muay Thai and, um, and to learn I didn't realize it at the time. It was more uh, Mei Mai Muay Thai, the Muay Boran. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. So that had that had trapping hands in it. That had um, sensitivity drills, which uh, later on when I went, I've been to Thailand and traveled all around Thailand. Uh, it took me ages to find anyone doing anything um, similar. So I, th I suspect that his, he used to say uh, it was special from his village, um, just the art. And again, at, at that age, I really didn't know any different. But um, <laughs> in, in, in studying or trying to find, I think he, that style had been very influenced by uh, most likely Kun Tao. Um, but it was a, yeah, it was a, it was what I believe to be more like a Mei Mai Muay Thai or a Muay Boran. So I'm, and I'm apparently he was a champion. He was a champion from one of the villages or something. So. Mm, nice, nice. I'm not very familiar with uh, Muay Thai or Muay, uh, Muay Thai Boran. So you mentioned that Muay Thai Boran has more of a trapping hands and sensitivity skills, right? That's actually very similar to Wing Chun, to what we're doing in Wing Chun. Yes, yeah. So I guess um, some of the family arts that 
historically have, uh, and I'm again, I don't know for sure, but you, you hear stories about the lineage and where things come from, from um, from India to China, and then from China and yeah. where it propagates. But there is evidence. There, there is evidence to say that um, there were styles coming out of China that have probably gone through Southeast Asia, yeah, mm -hmm. sort of dissipated and gone in various forms into the Philippines or down through, uh, you know, like Cambodia and Laos and Thailand and, and uh, you know, and all its various forms into Indonesia for like Silat. Awesome. You know, there, there are probably family arts that have, that have propagated out. And also like so, the, the human body is the same, right? So what works in one works in the other as well, right? It's not such a huge difference between the two or the, the styles. Um, I'm just checking to see the live because I think it, uh, our image got frozen. I don't know if uh, people can hear us anymore. Yeah, the sound is actually working. So we're just like frozen, but people hear us. Uh, apologies, guys. I think I need to improve my internet connection. Sorry about that. We're doing our best with uh, with what we have right now. But that does not that should not stop you from asking your questions. We'll be more than happy to uh, address them. Um, tell me about you know when you first got introduced to or in touch with personal development right what led you to that and how why did that make sense to you as yeah. a martial artist i think i think that early influence of uh meeting morris mm -hmm. and he, that just that first uh introduction to this idea that there was an internal influence yeah on how uh, things could play out and the idea that the cle the clearer you could get in your own self like your own heart mm. that that the universe mm -hmm, whatever mm -hmm. whether you believe in God or universal energy or yeah, that yeah, it, yeah, yeah. it couldn't help but respond uh, but it's almost like by law I love that yeah. um, yeah, so I think, and, and again, this idea uh, that it's right through a lot of the older martial arts when you do your research of yes. um, like the elements, as an example. I, yeah, let's uh, talk about that a bit. I love that. I love that you brought the elements into uh, our conversation. Yeah, like there's, there's, again, there's different ways of saying it, mm -hmm. like uh, let's say elements like earth, water, fire, air, emptiness as mm -hmm. one way of saying it. Mm -hmm. You know, some of the Chinese systems will use wood and metal, and metal yeah. as different ways. Yeah, but generally speaking, uh, they're talking about this dynamic of how the universe mm -hmm. is coming out of nothingness mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. into the visible world mm -hmm. and so this 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 idea again it's a very old idea it's it's in many many different like it's in the in ancient greece um it's in egypt it's in you know uh it's in a lot of the old buddhist and indian uh scriptures they talk about this dynamic of the unmanifest universe coming into our perceived reality and they'll often describe it through this process of the elements, mm -hmm. so coming from out of whatever this primordial but seemingly intelligent nothingness into our 
people who are uh, fans of the secret are going wild right now listening to us. <laughs> well, there's truth. There's truth in 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 that. There's uh, there's some things missing from the yes. secret, but yes. but this idea yes. of when you put your mind to something as a clear intent, it opens opportunity. Now, the universe, I also believe, works to do with equal and opposite exchange. Mm -hmm. And so you will, if, if you put your mind to something, it's almost like Google. Yeah. If you type into Google, Google will give you an answer. And mm -hmm. so your mind and the universe is kind of doing the same thing. But in order for you to uh, take that next step, Google is like your attention, like your ability to see things in terms of your mind and your body. Right. And so when you, when you focus on something, and we're doing this all the time, you will start to see opportunities. And so then to make the next step, you have to do something, have to take action, have to do, you know, potentially um, take some sort of action where there's an equal and opposite exchange to have value for the thing that you're wanting to create or experience. I love that. And that's not always the case, but it's there's definitely. I, I, like the first time I heard about this concept uh, was from Tony Robbins. And uh, I think it's in neuroscience. They call it the reticular activation, activation system. system. Exactly. Yep. Like, like that moment nice. that you buy. And it actually happened to me, right? Because my dad my dad's dream when he was uh, when he was younger to have like this chopper, right? To, to buy a chopper. And he bought this bike, right? And uh, he's like, he's 60. He bought, he bought a yeah. bike when he was 60 years old, right? And I started riding around with, uh, with his bike as well. And after I did that, I just noticed bikes everywhere, right? Everywhere I would yeah. go, I would notice like a, a bike there, right? Yeah. I don't notice them anymore because I don't ride. We, we sold the bike, right? But then it's just like, it's just like that, right? So um, when you're... That's exactly what it is. Yeah, it's yeah. it was all. It's not the bikes were never there. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's just that your your awareness to the idea of bike yeah. is heightened, and so your ability to pay attention to those minor cues for bike mm -hmm. are heightened, and yeah. that's the power. Of, that's really the power of um, when when your emotions are connected to it. Like, because if, if you, if you love something, you'll see it. If you hate something, you'll, you'll see, see it. it. Exactly. Exactly. So it's actually, and this is one of the things that the, perhaps the secret may or may not d discuss, but there is a, there is a, a, a polar opposite to mm -hmm. a lot of things. So in the sense of sometimes when you are aware of the wanting of something. Yes. It also heightens the awareness of the not having. Of not having, of exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. so, which raises an interesting um, framework for understanding this process of the mind body connection is training yourself to focus on the having of it mm -hmm. before you have it. And I think gratitude is a huge, huge component in that, right? Um, because I noticed myself doing that as well, focusing on what I don't have, and then you create the state of not having. And Correct. exactly like you said, and you're just getting more of that because that's what you're focusing on. You're getting more opportunity yeah. to not have like uh, like the money, like uh, you know the uh, impact, the relationships, and stuff like that, right? But 
what I noticed that really is a huge contribution to breaking that part and just being grateful, grateful for, you know, people for, you know, just waking up in the morning. Yeah. How, how did you break the cycle? Uh, I'm still breaking it. So here's the thing. Here's the reality of this work. It mm -hmm. doesn't stop. Yeah. So like, I, look, and I'm, I'm going to say this not to, you know, mean anything. Like I'm, I'm a multimillionaire. Um, I've used this information to generate uh, what will become generational wealth. Like for my daughter, she's going to inherit um, generational wealth and probably her children if she ever has them. I love um, that. So, so this, this stuff, I'm, and I'm, speak, I'm not saying that to impress anyone. I'm just saying to say that I've used this, this information. Uh, but the, the, it's not that the cycle gets broken and it stops. Mm -hmm. It's you just get better at breaking the cycle when it occurs. So let's say um, as a sensitivity drill, let's say you, you, you're touching hands. Yeah. It's as soon as you touch hands, you have to do the thing that you are experiencing, like, you know, like it doesn't, like you still have to do it. Mm -hmm. um, it doesn't just, I've touched hands once and I've learned it and now always forever I will find the way in. It's not like that. You still have to do it. So oh my God. So I have to keep training until the rest of my you life. Have to, you have to keep doing <laughs> it. It's like you have, you have to keep, keep consciously choosing mm -hmm. the internal framework of that love and gratitude. That's yeah. the connection. I call it the sixth attention, and I'm sure we'll get into this. There's seven attentions that follow this energetic hierarchy mm -hmm. between the elements. The sixth attention, which is basically the gateway to the creation of things, is you connect to that through appreciation, through gratitude, through love and connection. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. And so whenever I catch myself wanting something, um, one of the things that I tra have trained myself to do, but you still ha I still have to do it, yeah. is maintain the awareness of which way I am facing my mind about the thing. Am I facing the not having of the thing? Yeah. Or am I facing the having of the thing, the feeling that the thing gives me? Um, and the gratitude of having the thing even before I actually have had the thing. I love that. I love that. And, and guys, so that is an art. That's guys, an art form. For everyone watching, guys, let us know in the comment section if this stuff makes sense or if you think we're bonkers, we're, we're both uh, <laughs> crazy. <laughs> we want to know. Awesome, awesome. Um, so are you teaching? Yes, it's a big, sub it's a big subject, but it, like, it's like layers to it. And I, my, my limited experience with Kung Fu, I've trained some a little bit. I've trained some Silat. I've trained some other... You know, some mm -hmm. some martial arts that have similar themes. But the the there are layers to it. You think you understand it and then you're like, Oh my god, you go another There's layer so deeper. Much. And then you think and then you go, Oh my and then it happens again. And most martial arts will have elements of that. Mm -hmm. And this idea of the the mind and the mind body connection and the way 
that we're experiencing reality mm-hmm. is is definitely like that. Do you like, feel there's like there's no? Do you feel like the mind and the body are actually one and the same, but we somehow decided to separate them, just like for language purposes, or do you feel that they're t- like two separate entities? Because I loved like your video that you posted a few days ago about the uh, mind, body, and soul connection. Do you feel like they're one and the same, but we actually separated them just to have like more of a uh, physical experience? Yeah. Mm. Great question. So there's two ways to look at this. Mm-hmm. One is from the here and now, like how am I experiencing reality? Okay. And from the, from the here and now perspective, I believe there are three separate things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So this is one one way of looking at it. Okay. So I'm aware that I have a physical body, mm-hmm. and as an extension of having a physical body, my body receives information through six major senses: so sight and touch and taste and hearing and smell, and my thoughts. So those thoughts can appear um, as a as language, mathematical, but also can re-represent all of the other senses. And so the extension of those senses beyond what the raw data of information coming into my body is mind. Mm-hmm. So my mind can think about memories of the past. It can recreate almost the entire gamut of previous experience, even though it's no longer happening. Yes. So that's your mind at play. It can also project out into the future. Yes. And it can imagine. Um, and so your, your mind is, an, is unquestionably an extension of your body mm-hmm. from this perspective. Um, and, and so in terms of understanding the mind and body connection, it's impossible to uh, totally separate the two, mm-hmm. although I do believe they are different things. Mm-hmm. And then this idea of spirit, which we're still, like scientifically, we're still still trying to work out, like, you know, even, even to do with, like, matter and, yeah, yeah. you know, the relationship between, like, how is our body able to be conscious? Like... Scientifically, we're still trying to work that out. But even using like the analogy of a computer, for example, and this is analogy, an, an analogy I use a lot because it makes sense. If you think of your body as the hardware of mm-hmm. a computer, mm-hmm. yes, you can make hardware upgrades and sometimes hardware can deteriorate. You've got to replace bits and pieces. Um, but largely, the hardware will operate through operating software. So your body's like the hardware, and then your mind is this operating software. Mm-hmm. And to make changes about how the computer operates, you can make changes to the operating software. software. But there is electricity that runs through it that's invisible. We don't really know what it is. If mm. you disconnect it, the hardware is still there, but the software won't work. I love so that my analogy. Body, my body, you take... The whatever this source of my consciousness is, you take that away. My mind, the function of my mind goes, my body will still be there. 
obviously it will break down over time, but yeah. like me as an entity disappears as soon as this, whatever this consciousness energy source is, again, mm -hmm. I think eventually we'll work out what it is, like um, whether it's 20 years, 30 years, like 40 years, 50 years, I'm not sure, but with supercomputers and artificial intelligence, we'll probably end up hacking. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Experience. What's, I what, think we'll work it out. What's your take on the AI, uh, you know, uh, evolution? It's, are it's, are, are we going to live like uh, the Terminator or like are we just going to be yes. friends? Yeah, we, ha we will have to. Um, this, this is something I, um, I, I wrote a book, uh, never ended up publishing it, but I wrote a book more than 25 years ago. And one of the, one of the, um, underlying themes mm -hmm. in that book was, uh, the, um, use of organic circuitry. Yes. So very, very high technology that would enable the integration of supercomputers or artificial in intelligence mm -hmm. into our bodies. Mm -hmm. So merging with AI intelligence. So what do and you guys that, yes. What do you guys so think? I think it's coming. What do you guys think in the comment section? Are robots going to uh, exterminate us or uh, are we going to merge with robots or are we just going to stay like separate and uh, become best friends and uh, learn from each other? What do you guys think? <laughs> Comment, comment in the comment section. I'd love to see your uh, your opinions. Yeah, I, I think it's I, a real it's a real issue because like the rate at which computing power is doubling mm -hmm. means that the the functional operating power and intelligence of computers is exponentially doubling every year. Yeah. So yeah. there's this curve. I'm sure you've seen it, where at the moment it's not like a human brain it's still a little bit below it can still do things um in some ways better than a human brain but mm -hmm. overall for uh abstract generalizations like the human brain is incredible for mm -hmm. how abstractly it can deal with information mm -hmm, mm -hmm, that mm -hmm. that is going to get exceeded mm -hmm. and very very quickly uh ai intelligence will be double triple and then essentially infinitely more intelligent than us. I think so it, I think it's, it's going to be people don't realize it's going to be very it's, interesting it's coming. I, I feel like we're not really using our full potential as uh, you know as humans and I think we're going to learn a lot. You know, I'm just a stupid optimist, right? Naively naive optimist. Yeah. But I think we're going to learn a lot from it because um, you know, they build this uh, AI to uh, play. I think it was Dota or World of Warcraft, something like that. Either of the two, like these video games, right? And just cool. beat everyone. And it was using these strategies that nobody uh, thought of. And the kids were like, "Like, dude, we have to. We should use these strategies too, right?" So we were learning from um, um, from the AI as well, right? So I think it's gonna be a whole. A huge evolution for us and for AI as well. Yeah, yeah. It poses a lot of very, very deep social questions, mm -hmm. and like its impact on religion, its impact on education, education especially. Yeah, it's gonna schools are gonna become obsolete. Yes. They virtually already are. I'm actually looking you know, forward like, to that. 
yeah, I'm not a fan of the, of the modern education <laughs> system uh, at all. And yeah. so, yeah, it's, I, I hope, I'm optimistic, like I uh, am optimistic about the use of this emerging technology, but I hope uh, that we end up in a world where we can use these AI supercomputers Mm-hmm. to help mm-hmm. us make a better planet and to live more productive, healthier, happier lives. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, I believe that's possible. Yeah. Now, whether or not, whether or not that actually happens, time will tell. Um, but, the, but the reality is AI in many different forms, it's coming and it's coming a lot faster than people realize. Mm-hmm. Like the next, even the next 10 years, we're going to see some major changes. Yeah, yeah. I believe so too. I believe so too. Awesome. Yeah. Um, let's, uh, let's get a bit back into uh, the mind, body and soul connection and why should people actually care, right? Like some people listening in and saying, okay, but you know, I need to go to my job, I need to take care of my family, you know, I need yeah. to figure things out. Why should I care about that? Well, the mind, body connection and this idea of just at some point in your life, taking the time to consider, you know, simple questions like, who am I? Mm. And why, why am I here? Yes. Um, often it's not until we experience suffering mm-hmm. that those questions, like deep, very simple questions, like, like what's the meaning of this? What's the purpose of my life? Um, who am I? Like these are very simple questions, but... At some point, usually it's suffering that triggers the this sort of investigation down yes. the, down this track of of uh, of looking at whether it be mind body or just this nature of human experience. The the why we should do it at some point, I I believe, uh, is that there is a potential for making the most of your life mm-hmm. in the sense of we're going to die. Like the reality is we've all got a limited time. Maybe in the future they'll hack the human experience and we'll be able to be immortal. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's possible. Um, there are certainly people spending billions of dollars trying to work that out. Yeah. Um, but at this point we're not or certainly I don't have access to that sort of technology. So for most people, we're going to die. So we've got this limited time. And for anybody that's had life or death experiences, um, I've certainly had several, mm. and, or come close to clo- close, face-to-face with death as an, as an experience, it causes you to... Hey, yeah. Bogdan. Yeah, it's funny. Are we back? Yeah, we were talking about life and death and our connection died. Wow, there you go. How <laughs> metaphorical is that? <laughs> that was funny. Yeah, yeah. There's a metaphor for you. So yeah, I, so look, this, this idea of why the mind, looking at the mind and body connection and why it's important, like usually we discover it through pain and suffering yes. as, as our initial contemplation of our human experience. Um, and often it's a way to 
initially seek to end our own suffering. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and certainly, as we were discussing, depend, I'm not sure where we got cut off, uh, very often it's you know, some, someone close to us yes. uh, passing that, um, that is also a very strong trigger for investigating you know, this sort of dynamic and at least contemplating what to do with your life mm-hmm. uh, and the meaning of it all. I feel, I feel that's, very, that's a very powerful topic because, uh, like you said, when you have uh, an experience like that, you really start to question, you know, your every action in uh, your every day and uh, ask yeah. yourself, look, am I doing something that really matters in the grander scheme or am I just trying to feed myself and uh, just living life in total fear? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Did you have like because you mentioned you mentioned it briefly? Is there like um, any story that you can share in that sense and what impact it had on uh, on you? Like, was it um, a situation where you almost died or um, referring? Yeah, to- I've had I've, I've had a heap. Probably the most powerful one um, was my son dying. Wow. Uh, I in a pre- a previous relationship. Um, had a little boy and he wasn't wasn't alive for very long, oh. and um, was born a little bit prematurely. Yes, uh, and uh, despite the doctor's best efforts, um, his lungs weren't fully developed, and so uh, yeah, I in, in, he ended up coming off the um, ventilation, and they'd given him steroids, and basically I held him for only a few hours while he passed away. Wow. And... Condolences. Yeah, like... I wouldn't... I would not wish that on anyone. Mm. And I think... it That experience totally changed me, without question. I really admire, you know, I'm actually a bit sorry that I, that I asked, but at the same time, I really admire your courage for sharing this, um, uh, this story, you know, it's like, yeah, what, what happened after that? So here, you know? so, so here, so here's the thing. And, and, and if you, if you ask anyone without fails, you know, someone close to them, pretty much everybody at some point. Certainly, as we get older, yes. Whether it's a, a parent or a grandparent, whether it's a sibling, whether it's a partner, whether it's a friend, certainly a friend of a friend. You know what I mean? Like the six degrees of separation, it's unquestionable that you will come across this dynamic that people are passing, mm. um, and so. Uh, and I think one of the things certainly that I discovered um, pretty quick in certainly in Western culture, it's a taboo subject. Mm. Like it's a, a lot of people are not equipped to talk about it. Yeah. Uh, and cer- certainly for me, um, if it was not for the martial arts training, I don't know. I don't know if I'd still be here. Like the, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, it reminds me of my 
of my previous uh, teacher, you know, when I was doing karate, he had he lives through a very similar situation where he he lost his child and he said the same thing. If it were not for my martial arts, I wouldn't I wouldn't have been here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What does life mean to you today? So for me, life is, a, it, I see it as like it's a miracle. Mm. Like sometimes I'll just sit there and I'll just like, I'm sitting in a miracle. Yes. Like the, what are the chances of our planet being the right distance from the sun, the sun. with a moon to maintain, like, the, the, like, and then to have a body at this time, like <laughs> it's trillions to one, like truly. Yeah. Outside of whether you believe it, whether you know their spiritual thoughts and all that sort of, regardless of that, it's a it's an absolute miracle. The fact that I can touch things, and smell things, and see things, and hear things, and it be just a human. Boggle, it, it it just blows me away. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like I love that. And uh and and sometimes, sometimes it's actually overwhelming. Like just sitting there realizing like. Like even ordinary moments just suddenly become extraordinary. Like it's just, it's, it's very hard to explain. Do you guys feel that, right? Everybody listening in or everybody watching, like do you feel this sensation of life going through you right now and being inside of you and how blessed and you know, lucky we, we all are for just being here? Because it's like no matter where you are, you can overcome your situation just by, you know, by the fact that you're listening into this conversation, you're becoming smarter. So, yeah, let me know if you guys feel it. You know, I, I don't know how to describe it, but let me know if you feel it. Just type yes in the comment section if you know what I'm talking about. I love, I love that. I love that. Do you do it like um, just regularly waking up in the morning or is it just something that comes and just, you know, just takes over both so sometimes i'll do it deliberately yes where i'll deliberately remind myself to be present Mm -hmm. um and then other times it just hits me like i could be it could be the simplest thing like right like right now it's raining and i'm looking at how there's a puddle forming and there's light coming down and i'm just like i could i could very easily just disappear into that like um yeah and uh yeah so it's something i can yeah that that i do deliberately but certainly something that overcomes me definitely both have you have you read the power of now by cartoli yes yeah yeah so yeah so the this idea of emptiness or being becoming present um Again, this is a big subject. Like I can talk about this stuff. Like, there, and there's, but here, here's the thing. There, Eckhart, Eckhart, and I love his work. Um, and it's very approachable for people yes. to think in, in these terms and to recognize that letting go of the past and not worrying about the future and becoming present. Just that idea. There is real power mm-hmm. in that. It's healing. Um, like it, it eliminates so many stresses from the body. Like, and it, again, this is not just psychology. Like, it's actual. Uh, they've they've tested the effects of being present mm-hmm. on the body's ability to regenerate itself, and 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 certainly 
that uh, that that taking time out to be present it, it has many 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 benefits yes uh, but here's but here's the thing and I think this is the interesting thing with martial arts and like what we were talking about before there is unquestionably um, is almost like hidden treasures pointing towards this dynamic of being present within the martial arts. Mm. Like touch hands and try and think about something else. You're going to get slapped. You, ha- you have to be present. Like, so just this idea, you know, it's in the Japanese martial arts is mushin, mm-hmm. you know, like this idea of no mind. Yes. The, this idea of being present, becoming a super state, Mm-hmm. where you really appreciate what's actually happening um, and in many ways opens up many of what uh, some people may say are, um, I wouldn't say supernatural, but certainly um, super, almost superhuman mm-hmm. type mm-hmm. awareness. Yeah. Um, this is not limited to martial arts, of course. You, if you watch a tennis player getting in the Same. zone, being super present, they have mo- microsecond anticipation, intuition mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. where the ball is going to go. Mm-hmm. Same with golfers. Same with most elite sports. You will see the, you know, people that have this ability to get into flow yeah. and, and, and their ability to uh, – be present doing whatever it is, whether it be surfing, whether it be whatever it is, is uh, unquestionably one of the things that all of the elite people in sports and different things are able to do to yes. get into that zone. Um, and certainly within the martial arts, there's, um, you know, there's, there's very clear um, repercussions if you mm. are not present. Absolutely. You know, <laughs> you know uh, I'm, I'm a big uh, fan of jiu-jitsu. Um, I've been a practitioner of Brazilian jiu-jitsu Brazilian. for more than, more than 20 years. And in a sense, uh, it's the same. You, you, t- you grab a hold of somebody yeah. and if you are, again, if you are not present, you're gone. Like, yeah, yeah. It's the it's, same in our... Like for, for Wing Chun, we, uh, we do our cheese out and uh, trapping hands. It's the same. Or just like sparring and long distance sparring. You need to be there 100%. Um, and guys, if, uh, if you don't know what we're talking about, a great, great resource in that sense, you're just watching the movie um, Way of the Peaceful Warrior. It's uh, from Dan Millman's uh, Dan book. Milk. Excellent, excellent movie. Like well, I remember the first time I watched that movie, next day, like everything was different. Like the, the the leaves were different. They were moving in slow motion. I would hear everything. Like like everything heightened. Or um, that scene in um, in the Last Samurai was saying, "Oh, you, you mind the uh, people walking the street? Mind the sword? Mind the sword?" I said, "No, no mind." Mm. Yeah, amazing, amazing. Uh, Jeremy, thank you so much for uh, for your time. I really love. Our conversation uh, together today um, and I'm really happy to see that more people see this connection between personal development and martial arts and I love it that you're going into spirituality so deep and in, in your teaching 
you're teaching this subject to um, everyone that gets in contact with you. Um, I would love it if you would ask everyone watching or listening to us, what would be one question that you would like to ask them? So I'm a big believer that the, the real purpose of martial arts um, is to uh, help the practitioner, like to protect the practitioner while they find and fulfill their life's true purpose. So the real purpose of martial arts is to protect and empower the practitioner yes. so that they live and are strong to find and fulfill their true purpose. And so the question that I would ask the listeners is what is your purpose? Like, like if you were to die tomorrow, what would you regret? Mm, I love Do that. you have unfinished business? I love that. Yeah, attend to that. I love that. There's that a couple of questions. That is so <laughs> deep. That is so deep. Guys, I'm looking forward so much to uh, reading your answers. Um, and uh, go ahead and connect with, uh, with Jeremy. Jeremy, where can they find you? Uh, so here on Facebook uh, is probably the easiest <laughs> way to get a hold of me. Um, so Jeremy Takodi, just search me. I do have a... Um, a business Jeremy Takodi page that I'm starting to use a bit more because I'm running out of uh, room to have more friend connections, as silly as that sounds, on, on Facebook. Yeah. Um, so I, I definitely use Facebook as a connection tool. Um, so hit me up on Facebook um, and uh, be great to connect. And I, again, I appreciate your time uh, putting this together. It's, um, it, it's definitely a great way uh, – and a great thing that you're doing, you know, that, that makes a difference. Um, so, so thanks, Bogdan, for, for your time today too. Thank you. Thank you as well. I, I, love the, I love the conversation. Okay, guys, let's hear your answers in the comment section. And uh, until next time, keep being awesome. Share your knowledge and use your martial arts to protect yourself so that you can find, so that you can also find your life's purpose. Okay guys, thank you so much for listening in. I hope this was super valuable for you. And if you want to have unstoppable self-confidence without seeming arrogant, there's a link in the description where you can download the free report. And if you want me to personally help you with your martial arts training so that you get more speed, power, precision, stability, and have a deeper understanding of your body, you go ahead and you check the link for our online academy, which you will find, of course, in the description. And please go ahead and give us a rating on iTunes. It does help and it is very much appreciated. I'll see you next time.